0: hello hello welcome to griff talks football um so usually as of as of as of late as the past couple weeks have been i've been uploading episodes uh every wednesday and my dog is is following me um in regards to previews of of the upcoming week and the reviews of the games I have been played. However, this game in particular, um, even though I'm a really huge fan of this team, I feel like this game in particular needed to be talked about a little bit more in in, in detail. Um, And I promise you this will be uh, short. I know I I fucking talk a lot. I know, like, Kevin Smith and and other guys who just consistently talk and talk and talk. Because, again, when you have a, a huge interest you don't mind talking about it for, for long periods of time, and you sometimes talk your ass off, as, even though it's something that you know, you just, you just talk and talk and talk, but I promise you, this will be short. Um, so, yesterday, um, broadcasters Jim Nance and Tony Romo, who both work on CBS, um, were broadcasting a game of, and commentating the game of the, between the, the browns and, and the Patriots and as they were talking about they as they were talking about the game and as the game continuously progressed they mentioned the key factors uh, penalties and turnovers the Browns were penalized I think about 13 times. Both a mixture of offense defense more slightly uh, towards the offense because of holding penalties, offensive pass interferences, um, false starts, right? And then the three turnovers. The Browns turnover ball three times all within the first fucking quarter, right? And in their own end zone. Two of those turnovers, you know, in their own territory towards their own end zone and one of them being like... Um, like a huge run, and then turn over the ball at the Patriots' 10-yard line. So they were in the Patriots' red zone until they fumbled the fucking ball, right? You have Baker throwing an interception. Nick Chubb fumbled twice. Um, all all turnovers that shouldn't even happen. But it it it's what kind of find the game for the Browns, where they come up so short because of one fucking or several fucking mistakes. Right. They were the first team this season offensively going against the Patriots defense to get over 300 yards like the Patriots never allowed up until this point when they were seven and oh, never allowed a team offensively to get over 300 yards of total offense, which in today's NFL is very difficult to 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 obtain. Right. Because it, so so many rules do favor the offense. It, it really does. You, but I can't say it's it's unfair because defense does have some advantages, right? They don't have to remember a bunch of words for a play call and then only have forty seconds to like snap the ball, right? They don't they don't have that. Um, they don't have to worry about that. How however, the Patriots also haven't played a team that has a good quarterback. Or has so much talent offensively. They have they have not. Other than week one, but you can also make an argument that Ben Rosselsberger was dealing with an elbow injury. I don't know if it happened in that game. Like obviously, he was he didn't he was not out for season till till the second game of the week when he was playing against the Seahawks, right? So that elbow did not implode in week one. But you can make an argument during week one that some of his throws were short and accurate. It felt like he was lobbing a ball more than throwing it with force. And also the Patriots playing at home. Very, very tough to score on the Patriots home turf. And that was in and, and that was the only time they played like a good quarterback. Other than that, they played against the Jets, made Sam Darnold see Ghost. From when he was mic'd up, that's what Sam Darnold had said, right? They've they played trash quarterbacks or okay quarterbacks. Their toughest game thus far, up until the Browns, was definitely the Bills game. Patriots won sixteen to ten, but it was all because of the Bills defense. That's why the the Bills were still able to 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 almost win that game, right? But they forced the Patriots defense forced. Turnovers and key moments to be able to run out the clock, and then, and then evidently won that game. So, so this is by far when they play the Browns. This is by far the most talented offensive unit they played against, and the Browns had an opportunity for two weeks to prepare and play against the Patriots. And. While the Browns, again, were the first team this season to get over 300 yards offensively against New England Patriots defense, they turn over the ball three times, three straight plays or consecutive drives in their first quarter. Right, fumbled. Patriots return that for a touchdown. Second straight play when the Browns got the ball back, had a huge run down the 10-yard line, almost scored a touchdown, but then fumbled, Patriots recovered that. Then I think it was the third turnover where the Browns in their own ter- territory decided to call a what people may deem a creative play call, but it was a shuffle play, which shuffle play consists of either you know faking a handoff to a running back, then pitching out to a tight end, a receiver that's under that's behind the O-line, behind a pulling guard. Um, it could also mean where you're running like some option and you shuffle it forward to a receiving target that again is behind the O-line. And the Browns, with Freddie Kitchen's calling plays, decided to do that. Where they felt like Jarvis Landry, who was in a slot position, they felt like they could get Jarvis Landry ball by having him behind the O-line when the play was going. Shuffle it to Jarvis Landry, and Jarvis Landry can turn that play into a huge play but evidently one of the Patriots defensive linemen read that play from the get-go and then intercepted Baker Mayfield who again was the one that decided to throw that and then the Patriots scored off of that turnover they scored two touchdowns out of the two, out of the three turnovers they scored two touchdowns off of Brown's three turnovers right and so at that point it was 17 nothing in the first quarter. Then the Browns defense still still were able to give the Browns offense opportunities to get more drives, right? The Browns defense were getting sacked. They didn't get any turnovers, but they were getting sacks, run stops, forcing punts, three and outs. And the Browns through those opportunities that they were given offensively were able to score a touchdown. Uh, Baker Mayfield threw a touchdown pass to a, to a tight end that was wide open on the linebacker mismatch. The Browns got a field goal, but then the Patriots marched down the field with Tom Brady, of course, got a touchdown there, and then he got another field goal. And at that point, because we're such a wide open, there's such a huge margin of the uh, of the scoreboard and at the end of the, at the end of the game it was 27-13. But the game should have been a whole lot closer. Had the Patriots not scored offerless of turnovers, or had the Browns not turned over ball three straight con- consecutive plays, the Browns either could have won or the game would again would have been a whole lot more closer than what the scoreboard had been reflected on. This team is so talented, right? but they're killing themselves off of penalties that are self-inflicting and turnovers that are self-inflicting the Browns are in the top 10 unit for running the ball right you can kind of see now if you saw the game where they're leaning towards and I think they're leaning towards a lot of zone stretch plays with a quarterback under center and the quarterback out of the shotgun where they're just going to run the ball either down, downhill or kind of outside because they have an awesome running back in Nick Chubb and then try to capitalize on play actions. But then there's a problem with Baker Mayfield being inaccurate. They were, they were successful in some play actions, throwing deep, but then he was either sacked, whether it's the O-line's fault in pass protection, whether it's Baker not getting rid of the ball fast enough on the design, timing, play, Or him making a bad decision and throwing a pick. Or making a bad decision and almost throwing a pick. Or making an incomplete pass. right? Or throwing an incomplete pass. And it's such astonishing to see. And we've seen this before throughout the NFL. Throughout the years where you see teams so talented. And yet are still resilient and be able to somewhat fight back in the game. Despite the mistakes they made. But again, when you make mistakes against a great team, great coaching staff, very difficult to overcome and win that game. And evidently, when you turn over the ball three consecutive times to the New England Patriots, doesn't matter how talented your defense is, very difficult to stop Tom Brady in the weapons that he has. Now granted, this season, he doesn't have amazing weapons, but he still has a consistent receiver and Julian element. They just traded and got Mohamed Sanu. And they have consistent, really good running backs. And again, Tom Brady being able to identify and read defenses with no problem because he's been in the league for 20 fucking years. And so that's very difficult to ask of your defense to do. Very difficult. It's a a rare occasion. And the Browns offensively are not doing their defense any favors by self-inflicting penalties, which... The defense has also been doing self-inflicted penalties as well that enables the offense like the Patriots in that game yesterday to be able to run more plays and eventually score either field goal or touchdown or running out the clock. But again, all the penalties were slided towards the Browns offense and that was on them. You're not doing your defense any favors. By self-inflicting penalties and turning over the ball. And it's not going to get any easier for the Browns this week. Because they go against the, the Denver Broncos. Which their offense is trash. But their defense is phenomenal. They do capitalize on turnovers. They're in top 5 for passing yards per game. Their only hope for the Browns offensively is to just run the ball and take care of it. That's it. And you can You can put some blame on Freddie Kitchens and the offensive coaching staff and the rest of the coaching staff, too, for for not fixing these mistakes of self-inflicted penalties and allowing turnovers or not forcing turnovers from a defensive perspective. But you can also put some blame on Baker Mayfield because of him being inaccurate. He has a very amazing run blocking unit and a running back. He's got weapons to throw to. This is on him. This is on him as well. Right? You see Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan's offense, which Kyle Shanahan is a more experienced play caller, but it's a zone scheme that other NFL teams, depending on what they do, but they also use, they also run, right? It's It's a copycat league. It just depends on what your identity is. But you see Jimmy G going off of play action, finding wide open receivers. He's got plenty of targets to, to throw to, but they're definitely not as talented as the Browns. He's got an amazing tight end George Kittle, but he doesn't have a really good receiver, but those receivers have gotten open. They've either scored or kept the chains moving because of the design plays and because how well they've run the ball. And the Browns, at least offensively, really need to capitalize. They really need to do to capitalize. They're on a fuck. They're on a two-game losing streak now. Yeah, they're on a they're on a two-game losing streak. Again, they lost to the Patriots yesterday, and then two weeks ago they lost to the uh, oh man, um, the 49ers, Or that was a couple weeks ago, and they lost to um, another team. I uh, can't think off top of my head. No, they're on a they're actually on a three game losing streak. Either way, it's it's talent and opportunities that's being wasted, and we only hope for the Browns at least from an offensive unit can capitalize on the opportunities that they have and not shoot themselves in the foot. So as I will preview the games coming up on Wednesday, that's something I'll I'll point out is. What the Browns need to do, or what to look for in that game when they play against the Denver Broncos, is taking care of the ball. Is <laughs> taking care of the ball and taking opportunities to throw and complete those play action passes. Because if they if they don't beat the Broncos uh, this week, uh, they will not. I guarantee you, they will not make the playoffs. They will not. They will not even go nine and seven or eight and eight. If they lose to the Broncos. It's gonna, it's, it's gonna be very, uh, a long and difficult year for, uh, the Cleveland Browns. So that is about it for this, for, for this episode in particular. Um, I just feel like it was something I wanted to discuss in more detail. And, um, it's something I'll be doing throughout the, the rest of, of, of this fall season or or fall semester or the rest of this year if you will where I'll still post those um, episodes on Wednesdays but then in other days depending on what I want to talk about and depending on when I want to talk about it uh, I'll point out some other things throughout the league either in more detail or things I haven't talked about yet or things I find interesting um which the next episode I do which I think I'll post next week um will be more about Matthew Stafford um, in the relationship with Matt Patricia and the expectations with Matt Patricia and the rest of the organization. But that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. This is actually the shortest episode I've had. So thank you so much again. Kick ass. Share. Share this podcast. Share this episode. Um, I appreciate that. And uh, I'll speak to you on Wednesday.